This is Stephen McHugh reporting for Unique Dyslexic Eye Radio. Hello, this is Stephen McHugh here for Unique Dyslexic Eye. This is the fourth in our series of Unique Dyslexic Eye broadcast, podcast. I'm still not sure what to call it, whether it should be a podcast or a broadcast. On today's show, I've got four musicians sharing their music. Bex Adams, Ian McHugh, Ross Cooper, and of course, I'm going to contribute a track, unfortunately for you guys. On today's show, I'm going to be talking a little bit about my issues with dyslexic handwriting and also a little bit about something called dyslexic seniors. Now, say so seniors, is a new word I discovered it some time ago whilst clicking through the internet it's a word that basically means the genius of the community it's a word that Brian Eno put together it was a word that resonated with me and, and I put it together with dyslexic and seniors and I thought yeah let's have a look at the genius of the dyslexic community which I think is out there the issue for me is that not, not very many of us realise that we're geniuses because we spend so much of our time going through an education system that doesn't work for us that basically keeps keeps on telling us that we're broken, our brains don't work properly, and that we are disabled in some kind of learning way. I know when I stopped going to school at 14, I didn't think I had an academic bone in my body. And it wasn't until I was 35 that I discovered that I did have an academic brain in my body. And nobody was more surprised than me to when I passed my degree, when I became a qualified teacher, when I became a qualified dyslexia specialist, and when I became a social entrepreneur. Nobody, honestly, was more more shocked than me. Next, I want to talk a little bit about some news I have. I've been pondering about how am I going to fund Unique Dyslexic Eye. And one of the ways that I've been trying to do the funding thing is with t-shirts. So I've got a t-shirt shop that I've opened online. It was for Unique Dyslexic and for my social enterprise Dyslexia Pathways kit. So I've got a t-shirt shop going on, which has got t-shirt logos designed by dyslexics and designed by myself. But one of the other ways that I could do it was by crowdfunding, which I really wasn't too happy with the idea of that. And then I remembered Kickstarter. And basically what I've done is I've, over the weekend, actually put together a Kickstarter project and I put it up for review with Kickstarter and they've accepted the project. And basically... Uh, it's a project to try and find funding for the radio broadcast for the podcast. So I've got a decent microphone rather than this. I have a really cheap plasticky one, which is awful. And I have my laptop, which is fine, but it's all rather basic in comparison to the studio that I was used to working in at the college before it was closed because of Corona. So that's enough for me. I'm going to introduce you to Bex Adams now and one of her numbers, and it's called Don't Ever Change. Thank you very much. We talk, we style your hair. Yeah. Makes me love you a little bit more. The way you smile, the way you kiss, the way you hold my hand. i 
Thanks very much for that, Bex. Fabulous song. Now Bex is going to tell you a little bit about herself and her music. Thanks very much. Take it away, Bex. Hi, Bex Adams from Surrey here. I have mild autism and undiagnosed dyslexia. My autism allows my music to flow naturally when I am writing lyrics and melodies. I am a self-taught guitarist. I can't read music, instead I play by ear. Most of the time I have no idea what chords I am playing, but my muscle memory allows me to remember chords and strumming rhythms. Having autism has given me the gift to be the musician I am. I have over 45 tracks which I am still recording ready to be uploaded to YouTube and SoundCloud. I have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome which causes my autism. My physical disability limits me to how much I can play my guitar so I can't gig anymore. When I used to do open mic nights I knew I had more than just stage fright. Then I watched something on TV about Susan Boyle not being able to perform for five years after coming second on Britain's Got Talent. I realised I have the same issue as her. Anxiety about performing is much worse for some people with autism. I am trying to overcome my fear of performing live through uploading videos on YouTube. I do not earn money for my music but my mission in life is to support charities with my music. If you would like to hear my tracks and stay connected for new uploads, please find me on YouTube, Bex Adams, and SoundCloud, Bex Marks the Spot. Happy listening. Thank you. This is Stephen McHugh reporting for Unique Dyslexic. iRadio. Almost all new ideas are generated by individuals, but they are given life and nurtured by communities and the cultures they create. I came across a new word from Brian Eno. He's the the inventor of ambient music. Senius equals the creative intelligence of a community, spelled S-C-E-N-I-U-S. We often talk about the genius of an individual, but what about the genius of a community and what a community can achieve together? It struck me that if we're ever to move forward and develop a strong dyslexia, 
dyslexic community, we need to come together and combine our creative intelligence or dyslexic seniors to overcome the barriers that the non-dyslexic community places in front of us. For me, I see the biggest barrier is the idea that dyslexia is a disability and that in some way we are broken. This is a result of what I would call a medical discrepancy model of dyslexia that society has imposed on dyslexics. This model defines us in terms of disability, in terms of deficits and discrepancy, and in terms of symptoms. This model tells us that we are broken in some way. We have to discard this medical discrepancy model of dyslexia and consign it to history. This is because this model has nothing positive to say to dyslexics or about dyslexia. If we're ever going to move away from a negative medical model of dyslexia that has nothing positive to say to dyslexics or about dyslexia, we as dyslexics need to come together and create a coherent global dyslexic community. A global dyslexic community that has a more positive social model vision of dyslexia. The social model of dyslexia basically says that it is society that disables us and I will explain how that happens later on in this podcast. The social model of dyslexia has a vision which nurtures and values dyslexic diversity and difference and celebrates all that we have achieved and are still to achieve in the future. The medical model defines us in terms of deficits, disorder and discrepancy. It is a model that has nothing positive to say to dyslexics or about dyslexia. The social model defines us by what we can do and achieve. It empowers us and it frees us from the negative medical model stereotype. The social model of dyslexia defines us by what we can do and achieve. It empowers us and it frees us from the negative medical model stereotype that tells us being dyslexics means we are disabled in some way. That is why I believe that dyslexia is a difference that reflects diversity and that neurodiversity is as important as biodiversity. That's why I talk and write and scream from the rafters at every opportunity about the social model of dyslexia. The social model tells us that it's society that disables, but it can also enable. Rihanna said to me in an interview, her primary school basically refused to provide her with an assessment, something they are legally obligated to do. She left school without a dyslexia assessment. Basically, at 10 years old, she was told she had a reading age of a six-year-old. The school then told her she was going to start learning Spanish. Her first reaction was, how can I learn Spanish when I can't even read English? This is where so many dyslexics first experienced society disabling at school. She went on to say her experience of support in high school was the polar opposite. Here she got all the help she needed and she passed her exams and went on into university. This is an example of society enabling. Sadly, for so many dyslexic kids, their experience of school is very negative. I did some research recently on when dyslexic adults were assessed. Only 19% said they were assessed at school. It's not being dyslexic that disables, it is society. For so many, this disabling begins at school. More importantly, to go back to the social model of dyslexia, this is a model that has been developed by dyslexics for dyslexics. It's our model, our solution to the issues we face on a daily basis. The medical model of dyslexia is one that has been imposed upon upon us. I read an interesting and relevant article the other day. Professor Julie Logan's research at the University of Bristol in 2001 reported that one in five of the UK's entrepreneurs she surveyed was dyslexic. That's twice the rate expected for adults in the UK. Work since then has shown that about 35% of entrepreneurs are dyslexic. In 2008, Professor Logan's research at Cass Business School made business headlines when she reported that entrepreneurs who are dyslexic make significantly different decisions compared to non-dyslexic entrepreneurs in two key aspects. Dyslexic entrepreneurs tended to set up more businesses and tended to employ more people. 
This means that the actions of this group that of dyslexics are important for the economic growth. To go back to the idea that society disables, statistics inform us that around 50% of young people in our prisons are dyslexic. Around 70% of them have some kind of literacy issue. Each one of those costs our society around £35,000 a year to keep them there. Wouldn't it be more prudent to provide dyslexia support at school for a small cost rather than not provide it and end up with a huge societal cost in the end? Statistics tell us a dyslexic is six times more likely to be long-term unemployed than non-dyslexic. This again is because our education system fails dyslexics. Dyslexics succeed in all areas of society, but we have to work so much harder to overcome the societal barriers to do so. I recently read an article that said 90% of successful dyslexics say they are successful because they are dyslexic and that they are successful in spite of their experience of education. Being dyslexic brings with it lots of positive traits. We are very creative, we're intuitive, we're empathic, great lateral thinkers, inventive, entrepreneurial, determined, inquisitive. We are unique. We are unique dyslexics. Thanks very much for listening. This is Stephen McHugh reporting for Unique Dyslexic. I Radio. Thanks very much for your fab song, Bex. I really love the melody and I really love the words and I really love the sound of your voice. Fantastic. Next, I have a song from Ross Cooper, who has um, recently just finished a fantastic mixing course. He's attached another song of his called When I Love You. It's a little bit of psychedelic country and it went live on Spotify on the 31st of July this year. The track itself features the vocal talents of his dyslexic daughter, Holly Keller Cooper. Thanks very much, Ross. Take it away.
Stephen McHugh reporting for Unique Dyslexic iRadio. I've been talking to a lot of dyslexics about their experiences of handwriting. Some of what I hear, it seems like it was a bit of a nightmare, as it was for me. I was still wondering about everybody else's experience with handwriting. To me, it didn't matter how much the school tried to make me learn a cursive handwriting style, I just couldn't get it together. I know all the arguments for handwriting, including developing fine motor control, learning and spelling from motor memory, etc. But I know for some of us, handwriting is a bit of a no-no. Boxes are a bit of a no-no. Filling in forms are a real pain. I just can't do it. I know for me, the solution came about with the lowly computer keyboard. That was the one that released me, freed me for the tyranny of handwriting. So the question I'm going to ask is, is having good handwriting as important as it once was? Question, isn't it the content of the writing that's important, not how it was written, by hand or by speech to texts or just by keyboard? I personally don't get on with speech to text because it gets in the way of my train of thought, but I know it does and can work for many dyslexics. Personally, I believe handwriting will become a lost art maybe in about 30 years from now. I read somewhere that emojis are the way forward for communication, but I think business will lead here because speech to text is so much more effective than type or writing by hand. The expectation that everybody should be able to write using a cursive style is disabling and it's one of the reasons why I say and the social model of dyslexia says that society disables. It's a non-dyslexic world expectation that everybody should be able to use a cursive style. What are your thoughts on handwriting? Please email me steve steve underscore McHugh mccue at hotmail.com. Thank you. This is Stephen McHugh reporting for Unique Dyslexic I Radio.
Okay, that's us nearly at the end of our show for today. Just a couple of things that I need to say. Our Unique Dyslexic Eye Kickstarter begins on the 10th of August and we're trying to raise £750. If anybody would like to donate to that, just please send me an email at steve, S-T-E-V-E, underscore McHugh, at hotmail.com. If anybody is a musician, dyslexic musician, neurodiverse musician, who wants to send me one of their tracks or some of their poetry or has something to say about being dyslexic or neurodiverse, again, please send me your tracks, your poetry, whatever it is you want to say to steve underscore McHugh at hotmail.com. Another thing that I'm looking for is somebody to help with the unique dyslexic I website. Somebody who's a bit web savvy. Now I've got already Unique Dyslexic Get Creative website. And what I'd like to do is rebrand it to Unique Dyslexic I. Now I could do it myself. I'm not sure it would be starting from scratch. I don't know. But if there's somebody out there who is web savvy and who would like to donate a little bit of time, please email me. If you have anything you'd like to say, a question you'd like to ask me, please again email me. Steve underscore McHugh at hotmail.com. Or you can see catch me on Unique Dyslexic High Facebook or Unique Dyslexic Get Creative Facebook. Okay, so finally we have a track from Ian McHugh and this is called Broken Path. Thanks very much for listening everybody.
Stephen McHugh reporting for Unique Dyslexic I Radio. Thanks very much, Ian. Really enjoyed that song. Well, we're at the end of our show for today, I'm afraid. Thanks to Bex, thanks to Ian, thanks to Ross for contributing their music. Thanks to everybody who's taken the time to download our podcast broadcast. We've had over 200 downloads so far, and that's just in three and a half weeks. So I'm really pleased with that. As I said before, if you have any questions, if you're a dyslexic or neurodiverse musician or poet, please send me your material if you want it to be played on the radio show. It's Steve underscore McHugh at hotmail.com. Thanks very much, everybody. This is Stephen McHugh reporting for Unique Dyslexic. I Radio.